Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in everybody, another episode of One Man's Opinion. That's right, it's the podcast that's sweeping the nation. That is what we do here. I am Jeff Manns, by the way. You can find my work over at FantasyGuru.com. All things seasonal fantasy sports, uh, weekly rankings and projections, and buy low, sell high. That's something we're going to be talking about on this episode. You can find that article every single week, as well as roster trends, roster coaching. All of that stuff is over at fantasyguru.com, elitefantasy.com, where, well, you know, we're just crushing the world. 3-0 and on the season, three winning weeks all in a row. Well over a million dollars of wins by our, not our staff, by the way. Our staff is closing in on that number. We, the subs, the subscribers, the actual customers, the real people, well over a million dollars in wins over there at EliteFantasy.com. Just lowered the prices, as a matter of fact, for our daily fantasy stuff since we are four weeks into the season now. EliteSportsBetting.com, where I did have my first losing week last week. Went three and four in the seven bets that I posted over there at EliteSportsBetting.com. Still 75% winning percentage over the course of the season. So still doing quite well. Feeling pretty good. We got some bets for you today I'll give out at the end of the show for week number four. I uh, got my bet, my upset, my survivor team of the week as well. We'll get into my rankings that are posted over at FantasyGuru.com. I'll tell you who needs to be in your lineup. Those are the starts. Who should be sitting on your bench? Those are the sits. We'll get into that. I'm also going to talk some matchups with you today. I will update you guys on the running back grid that is found over there at fantasyguru.com. I did it last week, and you guys seem to like it. And obviously last week was a huge deal because all the running back injuries, but we have a lot of little situations, a lot of backups in the National Football League that, are changing hands. The jobs are changing hands over this last week. So I'm going to get into the running back grid with you here today as well and also talk about the art of making a fantasy football trade, what you should be looking for, what you should be giving away, the way you need to go into this. So we got a lot to get to today, folks. Appreciate you downloading, subscribing, liking, just being able to listen to the show. If you could leave your comments in a rating, that would be most appreciated. It really does help uh, us produce more episodes and uh, turn more attention and production into this podcast. So I would appreciate that. Follow me at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter. The Jeff Mans, all one word, on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. So we got that going on out there as well. So uh, follow me on those, those spots over on social media. Big news of the week. Let's dive in. That is the Pittsburgh Steelers-Tennessee Titan game. That game has been postponed. It is no longer a part of the week four mix. All right, so that we need to understand. You got to get Derrick Henry, James Conner, Roethlisberger, Juju, Tannehill, Jonu Smith, all these guys out of your lineups. This is in reaction to the Tennessee Titans having about, I think as of this recording, there are eight people in the organization 
that have tested positive for COVID-19. So obviously the NFL, Tennessee, they're all being extra precautious. The Houston Texans-Minnesota Viking game was also in uh, – they were worried about that. The good news there, no positive tests from the Minnesota Vikings. That me- that's who the Tennessee Titans played last week. So, no, it wasn't transferred that way. That's a great sign and a great thing for the National Football League. And Minnesota and Houston will play as scheduled 1 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. But Tennessee and Pittsburgh will now – have their bye in week four. That means Titans will now play in week seven and the Steelers will play in week eight. So that's how that whole situation is is going down. Doesn't look like there's any long-term effects. The NFL is being very, very, very strict with coaches, with teams, about their policies and what they do to treat COVID-19. And they have issued a memo to all 32 NFL teams saying that there will, if no matter what, you, your roster exemptions are your roster exemptions, but there will be no more. You have to find players to play. And if star players go down, star players go down. There's no stopping. There's no, none of that's going to happen. So be very, very careful, um, you know, as we move along here during the course of the NFL season. And just know that COVID-19 is going to be a part of our lives, both in sports and out of sports. And I don't know if you guys know this, but 26 states have actually seen a dramatic increase. Dramatic meaning 5% or higher. So I guess it's not all dramatic, but pretty substantial increases in COVID-19 cases. That is across our country. So Everybody needs to be extra cautious. Everybody needs to take more precaution. This is just how our lives are. Don't ever let your guard down. I told the story on, uh, on the SiriusXM show this week, and I've told the story actually on this podcast um, months ago where I, I told the story about how my brother got jumped. Me and my brother, when I was nine years old, were leaving my sister's apartment building after my nephew's third birthday party. And this is 1987, by the way. And we, uh, my brother and I got jumped. All right. And that, a person came out of the uh, side door. It was around 11 o'clock at night, you know, pitch dark in the parking lot. And the guy had a knife. And luckily, fortunately, my brother was able to stave him off and, and knock the knife out of his hand and submit, have the guy submit, take the weapon away and uh, you know, force him out. But on the ride home that night, a nine-year-old Jeff Manns got a lecture from my brother how you always have to be ready. Never let your guard down. And When your guard down, that's where your enemies get you. And our enemy is clearly COVID-19 at this stage. So you can just never let your guard down. I think it's advice that I've lived my entire life by, quite honestly. And it's been very important in my life because I've been prepared for the worst when many bad things have happened. So I think that's just a a wise thing for all of us to be prepared. And this is a fantasy football podcast, obviously. And when it comes to fantasy football, you need, you should have had your rosters aligned properly. No Henry, no Connor sucks, but you should have other running backs. What are you going to do? You can't go out and trade, make dramatic trades because your players are now on buy. 
you know, this is just a bye week. It was going to happen in week seven and eight, whether you had Connor or Henry or anybody else as well. I feel like everybody else is pretty replaceable. You can get receivers. The Henry and Connor thing is the toughest, no question. So with that being said, you should have had your rosters ready to go at moments. So remember when I tell you have a depth chart, why do I tell you to do these things? Because they come into play at any given time. So the devil's not going to knock on your door. He's just coming in, right? And that's the way this is going. So you have to be prepared. If, you, if you're not prepared, all you can really do is try to make an ad drop. Don't be forced into a trade. Don't be forced. I see a lot of people this morning tell me, oh, should I trade DeAndre Hopkins or should I trade Devontae Adams? Should I trade my, you know, trade all my good players? Like, no, you shouldn't trade your good players. Hell, no, you don't trade your good players. No, that, no. Keep your good players. So, and I, so I wanted to, to just tell that story and I wanted to get into it with everybody about that um, because it leads into what I want to talk about today and that's the art of the trade and that's the, the nature of it because I've talked about it on the SiriusXM show before. I've mentioned it here on the podcast, but I want to get into some more detail about those of you who can trade. See, I am in two leagues in which I can make a trade out of my 10. So majority of my leagues, they don't even allow trades. And why don't they allow trades? They don't allow trades anymore because, um, you know, they don't allow trades in my leagues because people will scam the system. People will cheat others. Certain people are just more informed and they'll trade for a guy who's They'll trade a guy who's injured away for a guy who's not injured and those types of things. So as much as I am not a big advocate of trading, just because I think most trades are just to rip people off. If you're really good at this, this activity, this skill, then you don't need to make trades. However, if you're in a league where you can, why the fuck not? Right. Don't smoke them. If you got them, Jimmy, let's go. So if you're in a league where you can make a trade, you need to be able to, it's a psychological decision when you make a trade. It's, it's not about the players. It's really about your perspective. If you feel you're in need right now, this moment that you're listening to this podcast, chances are you are 0 and 3, 1 and 2, and, or you have Connor, Ben Roethlisberger, Juju, Derrick Henry, somebody that's important to your team, right? There's something there, right? So that's the chance. If you feel desperate, that's the way. If you don't feel desperate, if you're calm, chances are you don't have many, if any, Steelers or Titans, right? You don't have any of those players or you are two and one or three and oh right now and you're feeling pretty good. And what you need to do, the people that are best at this, uh, at this gig and at this, this game of fantasy sports, and that, that goes for betting, it goes for DFS, daily fantasy football, goes for seasonal fantasy football. It goes for my job, which is analysis, which is why I keep referring to it as a job. Um, 
you have to stay, you have to find the middle. You have to constantly be in the middle. You have to learn where center is and how to stay centered at every moment possible. No matter, you can't be swayed by a team. A good analyst doesn't have a favorite team. They like teams or a team. I'm a Bears fan. Nobody knows that. Nobody really, you know it because I say it, but you think I'm, as a matter of fact, one of my bets this week is against the Bears. There's a little preview for you guys. So like, I'm not pro Bears. If the Bears are good, like I like the move for Nick Foles, but I'm not going to say Nick Foles is better than Dak Prescott or, you know what I mean? Something crazy. He's not better than Deshaun Watson or any of those type of guys, you know? So you need to be able to find the center and stay there. And when it comes to trading, it, trading is essentially player analysis, player evaluations, knowing what players are about to pop off and go on a, have a good game, have a good week, have a good uh, you know, three-game stretch, two-game stretch, four-game stretch, whatever it may be. You know, that's fine. But you also need – and then the opposite, the, the opposite of that – why do I say opposite so much? Um, because when things are about to go downhill. So what, the, the hardest thing to do when making a trade in fantasy football is to sell somebody who just had a monster week. It's the hardest thing to do. When somebody has a great week, we think we, it, diff, it, it changes the way we think about a player. It changes the way we feel about a player. But I'm telling you, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. You shouldn't change your opinion on a player based on his production. I know that seems weird to you. I know it. There's a lot of you out there are not going to understand this concept. I'm going to go through it. You're still not going to understand it. It's just something that it's an easy skill for me. It's easy skill for some of the best players in the world. It's not easy for most common fans. And I think that's the element that we need to address is that you're not a fan. You need to be a player. You're listening to a fantasy football podcast for the most part. I talk other sports, but you're listening to that. You listen to Sirius XM and subscribe to Guru or whatever you do. You're not a fan. It's, it's fine. You love the Saints. You love the Packers. You love the Rams. Whatever your team is, Patriots, you know, whatever. That's great. But when you're playing a game, you have to take that part out of it. You can't draft, pick up, and trade for your favorite players. Your favorite players aren't going to win you anything. Right? Your favorite players don't win. The right players win. And making that differentiation is paramount in your success. And when a player, if you weren't on a player the previous week, and now all of a sudden you go into it, um, that like the Tyler Lockett, for instance. Oh, no, no, you know what, a better one? You know what, let's go. Let's do Rex Burkhead because I think that's the best one. Rex Burkhead is one of the most picked up players in fantasy football uh, this week. Why? Well, because he scored three touchdowns. That's why. He, what do you get, 40, 98 yards, something like that, total, a little bit rushing, a little bit receiving, 34 points for Rex Burkhead. But why didn't you start Rex Burkhead before? Why didn't you start him in week three? 
Why didn't you own him going into week three? By the way, I own him in the league, and I started him last week. That's putting your balls out there. That's, that's knowing what's next. Now, am I proud that I started him? Absolutely not. I only say that because it may impress some of you. But in reality, I was miserable having to start Rex Burkhead last week. Only did it because I had some injuries, and my team wasn't that freaking good. It's, it's actually a dynasty league. I started him. I, I, picked him up, I picked him up of waivers in a 16-team dynasty. That's how pathetic. That's how nobody cared about Rex Burkhead. Now, all of a sudden, 30% of people care about Rex Burkhead. Meanwhile, you're all fucking idiots if you like Rex Burkhead. You're fucking idiots because James White's back this week because Sony Michelle is there and Damian Harris is coming back in a week or two. You've missed it. You missed it. It's over. If you didn't like him before, when things set up right, it, the production doesn't change your opinion of the player. The only time it does is if – and here's where you guys will get tripped up. You'll, you'll say, well, what about Mike Davis? I didn't think much of Mike Davis. Now I love Mike Davis. For one, good analysts like myself said, told you, you Mike Davis was the number one pickup last week, the number one guy much higher than Jarek McKinnon. He's a longer-term answer and solution than Jarek McKinnon. Mike Davis did all right. He is essentially Christian McCaffrey. He's going to give you not quite Christian McCaffrey points, but he's going to give you 80 85%. That's pretty damn good. Pretty damn good at 85% Christian McCaffrey, 90% almost. That, that's what's going to happen with Mike Davis, who's just a journeyman because we're given points for bullshit, which is catches from running backs. Plays that don't matter in football get rewarded with points. That's what PPR is, and I hate it. But play by the rules, and we go on. So we liked Mike Davis before. We knew this was going to happen before. We put it on tape, told you what to do. I myself picked him up in several leagues. I started him in every single league. I reaped the benefits in every single league. So we did. That's knowing things before. Those of you who now want to jump in, you know, why weren't you interested before? Why didn't you see those things? And in Mike Davis, you were wrong not to see those things. You over-glorified Christian McCaffrey. Just because McCaffrey's a fantasy player doesn't mean he's the best player in the league. Doesn't mean what he does is so special that a replacement can't do it. Of course they can. That's why you buy into systems and not the players. But in that situation, you were wrong if you faded and didn't start or pick up Mike Davis. Rex Burkhead, the only reason you would have is because he's playing a shitty defense in the Raiders. There was no James White again out with personal reasons. They, the game script was going to be heavily in their favor, in the, the Patriots' favor. And maybe he luck boxes his way into the end zone. And, you know, he'll see a dozen touches in this game, right, which is a, a miracle throw. So that's what it is. And he did all that, and he got it. Now, if you decided not to pick him up because, you know, for one, we don't pick up Patriots running backs. For two, we, you know, how random is it if Burka gets in the end zone and how random would it be if, God forbid, he had three touchdowns like he did? Of course, yeah, you made the right decision. You made the, That's the right decision. 
and you stick with the right. That's still Rex Burke for all everybody chasing Rex Burke. you just, you're burnt. You lit a roster space on fire. Just you burned it. It's not even it's the most worthless pickup you'll have all season. Absolutely worthless. You set it on fire. Those who will start him are even more lunatics because now it's a much tougher matchup that's going to be playing way from behind, playing you know with James White back, who, by the way, is the pass-catching running back. Like it, It's the worst thing you can do. It's the dumbest thing you can do. It's chasing. But everybody feels like Burkhead's something now, just as they feel like Davis is something now. What I'm saying is when you properly analyze these situations, when you know these teams, the coaches, the tendencies, and you know about these players, you know exactly where to go every single week, every single you know, week after week, day after day. When you don't, when you're just – if you're waiting for a player to break out, you missed it. If you missed the breakout, you missed Mike Davis. You missed Rex Burkhead last week. Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson is a guy that – it's a little bit different with Justin Jefferson because he entered the starting lineup the, the week before he only played 20% of snaps. Ola BC Johnson played 80% of snaps. So Jefferson entered the starting lineup. He, they changed something there. So following and going after Jefferson on the waiver wire this week was a smart move. Now was the time to get Jefferson before you know you didn't get him before you broke out unfortunately but that's a good move going after Cedric Wilson is a shitty move a dumb move it's a mark it's an idiotic move Cedric Wilson isn't going to play not unless Cooper CeeDee Lamb or Michael and or Michael Gallup go get hurt you know they split four wide receivers out against Seattle because they had to the only had five targets in that game caught them all for 100 yards and two of them for long touchdowns. It's never going to happen again. So You don't chase that. You didn't like it before. There's no change. There's no fundamental change in scheme or system or starting. He's not playing ahead of anybody. It's the same. So that was a lucky week. And if you missed it, fine. Stay away from it. I missed it. I couldn't give two shits. So this will help you when you properly analyze players properly analyze your roster this is going to help you insurmountably on the trade market because you will you need to go from the hunted to the hunter if you will all these emotions all this chasing all of that you need to use to your advantage you need to hoodwink your league you need to trick and fool your league you don't, I mean, I shouldn't say trick or fool. It's not really trick or fool because it's what they believe. Most of the people in your league are going to believe that Rex Burkhead is worth something now because he scored three touchdowns. They're going to think Mike Davis is worth more now than he was previously, or Justin Jefferson's going to have a good week like this ever again. Like they're going to, they're because they follow the light. And what happens is they race to get these players. They race to start these players. And these players almost emphatically across the board disappoint the following week. One week wonders. Take advantage of that. Scoop up a one week wonder. Or if you have one, whether it's in your lineup or your bench, doesn't matter. Trade them away. Get the most out of a player you ever can. Every player on your team 
has a price. Every one of them. I, you know, who's I, Nick Chubb, like my favorite player right now. You know, I mean, yeah, I will trade Nick Chubb for it. And if I can get what I want or a great value coming off a big week, that's when you trade him coming off a big week. That's what you do. And you need to always remember that because your brain or your, your, it's not your brain. It's your emotions. The emotional part of your brain is going to tell you it's not a good idea to trade away a player coming off of a monster week and Alan Lazard. Of course it's of course, it's great to trade Alan Lazard, even though he's banged up mispractice today. But we know Devontae Adams is back. And whether Devontae Adams is back this week or next week, he's back one of these weeks. I think he'll play Monday. But Lazard goes back to what he was before. But somebody else will pay you a wide receiver two price for Lazard because they saw him on Monday night go off or, or uh, Sunday night. Right, they'll give you the price tag for him, and that goes with Burkhead, that goes with Davis, and that's what you have to do. Your emotions should be stung every time you make a trade. You need to feel it every time you make a trade, it needs to be felt. If you're making trades that you're just glad to get rid of a player, you've made a bad trade before it's even executed. I don't even need to know the players involved, you've made a bad trade. How do I know this old wise one? I know it because the players you want to get rid of, nobody wants to get rid of a player that just had a great week or, you know, or has had a great season. Nobody wants to get rid of those players. That that doesn't happen. What happens is a guy struggling like Joe Mixon right now, Joe Mixon struggling. And what do you want to do? You want to trade him? You know how many questions I get a week on Joe Mixon lately? You know how many questions I got in the last couple days about dropping Joe Mixon? All I keep saying is, is anybody, anybody going to look at the schedule? It's playing the Jaguars. Playing Jacksonville, man. He's going to beat the ever-loving shit out of Jacksonville. It's a great week for Joe Mixon. So what should you be? You should be trading players coming up. You should trade Alan Lazard. For Joe Mixon. Now, when I say a trade like that, it goes in thirds. A third of you are going to be like, oh, yeah, right, bullshit. You know, that'll never happen. Right? You just say, oh, nobody's going to give me Mixon for Lazard. Right? No, Nobody's going to do that. That's a third of you. The other third of you are going to say, well, you think I can get, you, I can get Lazard for Mixon? Ooh, that's not, you know, you're thinking, oh, I get Lazard for Mixon. Or I won't get, or if you have Lazard, I, I'm not giving up Lazard for Mixon. I don't want Mixon. That's what you're saying, the other third of you. The other third of you won't even ask. The other third of you won't even ask the question. And every time I get a trade question on SiriusXM, when uh, one of phone calls or something, and uh, you know, whether it's in our chat room at Fantasy Guru 2, but I often say float them all out there. If you want to trade a player, if you've got a commodity, whatever that commodity is, it's why chicks with big hooters you know, wear tight shirts. Big tits equal tight shirts. Why do you do it? Well, be, show off the goods. Why wouldn't you? Right? If you have a great voice, you sing. You know, if you're a great chef, you cook. You know, <laughs> that's what you do. You do what your strengths are. And 
you, the more you get it out there, the better the results will be. So if you want to trade Alan Lazard or Rex Burkhead or somebody, whoever uh, negotiating with one team doesn't give you the best deal. It gives you the best of what that person has to offer. So if that person comes to you, if, if people are coming to you and say, hey, I, want, I suddenly want David Montgomery this week, well, what are the chances? Chances are everybody sees Tariq Cohen's out. Everyone thinks, all right, Montgomery, there will be an uptick in Montgomery's uh, uh, pass catching. Right? That, that's what they're thinking. If multiple people, then shop him to everybody. Don't take the offer that was presented to you. Ask everybody. Because you don't know. It could be a lot better. It could be a lot worse. You don't know. You don't know what the market is. But get the best possible price. And if you want to go and give rid of Joe Mixon, uh, which I highly don't recommend. I, I recommend you acquire Joe Mixon. Next week, I'll be telling you to trade Joe Mixon. That's the way it goes. Why would I tell you that? Because, well, he plays the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. Then he plays the Baltimore Ravens the next week. So he's got the Jaguars, then he's got the Ravens, Colts, then Browns, Titans, Steelers. But later in the season, he gets Washington, the Giants, Dolphins, Cowboys, Steelers, then Texans. So it's going to get better for Mixon. Where do you want to get him? Ideally, you want to get him entering that Washington week. That's, uh, I believe it's right around Thanksgiving, 22nd of November. That's where you want to get Joe Mixon and then ride him out. That's where you want to buy low on him. It's a good week to buy low and then turn and then pivot around. Oh, Joe Mixon's back after he, you know, gets in the end zone twice against the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's what people will think. And then you trade him there because then he's got the Ravens and Colts. We know those are bad matchups. So that's, that's the way you should be thinking of trades. That's the way you should be spinning this. And I can't tell you how important it is to understand it. You know, the, the perception amongst players and the ability to not trade any player that had a great week, especially if he had a great week on your bench. Like if he was on your bench last week, you're, you're probably not starting in the following week, or you shouldn't be, unless, like I said, there's a job change. You had a handcuff running back, and now he's starting – or like a Justin Jefferson, in which now he became the starter over Ola B.C. Johns. Like those are – that's different. Then you have reasons to have benched him and now start them. But if they're in the same spot, the same situation, the same player, the same running back, you know, it makes no sense to start a guy like that. No, it makes no sense because you're just chasing the previous week's production. Don't do it. And the sooner you understand that concept, the better you're going to be at making lineups, the better you're going to be at making trades and deals, the better you're going to be at analyzing and understanding your own team and knowing what your real needs are and aren't. Because if, you if you're sitting there and you have, uh, whatever, Joe Mixon and um, I'm trying to think, uh, I don't know, second guy, Kenyon Drake, who hasn't been that great, and you're, you're pissed off about it, and you're thinking, oh, you're in trouble, uh, you, you need better running backs and all that, and then you're not going to win. <laughs> That's all I can tell you. You're just not going to win leagues not very often. Everybody wins a league 
every now and then there's that time we just we get in a league and we have a great draft and things work out and you don't have to make many moves, but that is random. And maybe some of you are still clinging to an old championship, still thinking you're good because you won a championship a long time ago, a couple of years ago, whatever. Oh, first year I won it. And then that was it. I have, you need to learn how to win when you have a mediocre team, when you have an above average team or a below average team. That's the true testament. That's the true statement of a, a good fantasy football player. Are you able to win with garbage? Can you still navigate those waters? Because I can. I don't need the best players to win. I'm much more comfortable when I don't have the best players. When I have the best players, I feel it's almost an uneasiness about me. I feel this feels weird. I feel like, oh, something's going to go wrong. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the way I feel. I like having – I wouldn't mind having a core of players, and I've done it many times to win championships – picking up players during the playoffs week, week by week just because certain matchups pop out, pick up a guy who's got a great matchup that you know nobody else is doing roster moves, just piece together these teams that have good weeks and win a championship. That's because it's not the players. Stop the, a fan of an NFL fan or a football fan plays fantasy football as an extension of their fanhood and fandom and they because they love the players fans idolize players fans wear their jerseys fans cheer them on fans think they're the greatest blank and blank whatever receiver quarterback running back whatever fans think they're fast fans think they're tall fans think because it's they're athletes that can't do what we would love to be able to do i'd love to be able to run throw jump tackle the way these guys do but we can't Fantasy players know that these play, know that the NFL players are just pieces. They're they're pawns in our board. They're all gimmick. They're they're just pieces for us to utilize how we see fit. Don't don't humanize them in that regard. Don't humanize the players. They're not people to us. They're chips. They're pieces on a chessboard. That's what they are. And you need to take your emotion out of it. I know you bought a you bought a Joe Burrow jersey, but that doesn't mean you need to play Joe Burrow or have Joe Burrow. It's not the right decision. Right? Tom Brady on Tampa right now. You shouldn't have him. He's not in the top 12. He's not in the top 12 this week. Okay? So be careful with that stuff. And as soon as you learn these elements, as soon as you learn how to – take your emotions out of it. As soon as you learn you know, the art of keeping emotions at bay, using the players as chess pieces, using these players, using other people's emotions against them, the better off you're going to be. All right. That's just how it's going to go. So uh, with that, that's the art of the deal, art of the trade players that you should be identifying. I know that's what you're really looking for here folks um you know i'll say the mixin buying low on mixin is good right now buying low on deshaun watson is good right now that goes for the entire houston offense david johnson watson cobb fuller cooks buy all of them buy low super duper awesome sell high 
everything Buffalo Bills. Sorry, Josh Allen, Singletary, because Moss is back this week. John Brown, you should have sold high. I told you that two weeks ago. It would have worked for you. Stephon Diggs, sell high on that. Sell high on McKinnon, Jarek McKinnon and or Jeffrey Wilson. Like, get out of that situation because Mostert will be back. Even if it's not this week, it, Mostert doesn't look like he's back this week. But still, I mean, that's, that, that's an important thing. you got to get out of Dodge before the starter comes back because otherwise it's just going to absolutely ruin you. So uh, those are some players to buy low and sell high on. I'm shuffling papers here to make sure I get to everything I wanted to get to today. Uh, I do want to go through the week four rankings. They are posted over there at fantasyguru.com. Boy, talk 30 minutes already on fucking trading. What am I doing? What am I doing here, folks? Good Lord. All right, here's who needs to be in your lineup. Uh, Deshaun Watson, Matt Ryan, you're starting them. Melvin Gordon on Thursday night football. It's going to have multiple touchdowns. Start him. Daryl Henderson for the Rams against the Giants. Start him. All right, Will Fuller. Start him. Deontay Johnson, assuming assuming that he clears concussion protocol. Oh, actually, Deontay, what am I talking about? Like, that game's canceled. Zach Pascal's the guy. Zach Pascal's the guy, not Deontay. I'm looking at a Deontay Johnson news bite, and I'm like, yeah, start him. Yeah, that, not, don't start him, for Christ's sakes. Zach Pascal, though, playing the slot against Buster Screen in Chicago. Remember, Pittman went down. We already lost Paris Campbell and Michael Pittman. That big slot receiver battle in the Indianapolis Colts, well, that is now Zach Paschal's job, and he's going to be a valuable piece of real estate himself. Justin Jefferson in the top 36 this week. Noah Fant on Thursday night. Jimmy Graham elevates to a top 12 fantasy tight end this week now that Nick Foles is uh, the quarterback in Chicago. So those are the players you are starting, players you should be benching this week. Bench Tom Brady. Don't do it. Don't fall for it. Don't be, you know, you're benching him. You're benching Nick Foles. I know Nick Foles, the shiny new quarterback, but we're benching him. We are benching Mark Ingram. I don't know what's going on with the Baltimore running game. He could score multiple touchdowns or he could touch the ball seven times. Unless he's a deep flex play in a very challenging league, Mark Ingram sitting. Leonard Fournette, he's banged up. It's a tough matchup. He's on my bench this week. Kareem Hunt, he's banged up. He's on my bench this week, even though it could be a positive game script for him. Michael Gallup. Yeah, Michael Gallup, not my top 36 this week. And he had his big week last week against Seattle. Not this week. Uh, Anthony Miller, Terry McLaurin against those real tough Baltimore Raven corners. Listen, McLaurin and Haskins is not Mahomes and Tyreek. So be very careful there. Mike Gusecki, he caught a touchdown. It was his only catch last week. That goes for Ryan Fitzpatrick, too. Guys, don't, don't try it. Don't do it. Don't go diving into the Miami Dolphins because they beat up on a terrible Jacksonville team. All right? Just don't do it. Those, that is all bad, bad strategy, bad, bad moves for you to make. So those are some of the starts and sits. Again, fantasyguru.com is where you go. To get all of that information, my updated rankings, I will. I have the updates now before the Thursday night game, and I will have updates again all weekend long, starting with after the injury reports are out on Friday, constantly updated around the weekend there as well. Um, 
What else are we looking at here? Oh, the running back grid. I did want to talk about this with you. Some notable changes for the handcuffs. Uh, this is a situation that we always need to stay up on. I'm not going to go over the running back grid with you every single week, but this week, just like last week, I felt it was important to address a couple situations. For one, the biggest changes in week four, now that we have three weeks in the season, we are understanding there's been a lot of offensive line injuries, number one, a lot. And number two, there's been some notable scheme changes. Now, coaches don't change the scheme entirely. That rarely happens. But what they do is there's subtlety to them. They add new wrinkles. They pay, play at a different pace. They uh, zone versus power runs, things like that. Like those little nuance that nobody else pays attention to except for me, it seems. So there are some notable changes as far as the value of these running games are concerned. And one of the most notable things is that Dallas Cowboys have dropped all the way from the best running system in the National Football League to the 10th best. It's the biggest drop we've seen in a long time. The Vikings take the top spot in there. The value, Zeke Elliott, when he doesn't catch a ball, he's not even valuable. When he doesn't score a touchdown, he doesn't have value. This offensive line is an absolute disarray without Tyron Smith and Lael Collins. They had Zach Martin playing right tackle last week. He, the guy hasn't played right tackle since high school. So that's a bad situation right now. It's bad for Zeke. Now, again, to trade high on him, you're not, it's, you're not getting high price on him. You wait till he scores two touchdowns, then you trade him. But Lael Collins and Tyron Smith both should be back in a matter of a couple weeks. So that should be improving here at some point, right? So just an important thing to have and to understand. A lot of changes in the value of some of these teams. We're seeing guys, you know, the Rams, the Browns, all moving up in the world. And we're seeing others fall back. Patriots, um, Lions are falling back because they can't seem to settle on a single running back whatsoever. So those guys are, you know, some moving up. Denver Broncos moving back a little bit because the value now all of a sudden has gone way down. The notable changes – one situation you have to be aware of is the handcuff to James Conner in Pittsburgh. Now, Pittsburgh doesn't have a game this week, but last week, Benny Snell, Anthony McFarlane, Jalen Samuels, and James Conner all got touches early. And McFarlane had quite a bit of touches, including some in the second half while Conner was going off to spell Conner. Benny Snell is still the handcuff to James Conner, but that situation may be changing. We worried about it in the beginning of the season. We were correct. Most people had McFarlane as the handcuff. I had Snell as the handcuff. I was right. That's how it went down early. But we're seeing a change. And on the running back grid this week, Snell is now in red as opposed to being in green. So it's a situation you have to monitor. Um, other situations in L.A., Daryl Henderson is the new starting running back for the L.A. Rams. Cam Akers has been out too long. Malcolm Brown we knew was a one-week wonder. Hopefully none of you fell for it. I told you that at the time. I don't know how many times I have to say the same things. But um, Akers was the starter the first two weeks, and he went down after three carries in week two, and Henderson popped off in the second half of week two and then had a real good performance uh, against the Buffalo Bills 
last week in their comeback efforts. Henderson is now the starter in LA. Now it's a, still a tumultuous situation. It's still in yellow because it deserves caution. But as of now, Henderson's the starter and Akers is the handcuff. When, if and when Akers gets healthy, first game back, Henderson's going to be the starter. Akers will then come in and spell him. And Akers has to show and prove that he's better than Daryl Henderson to earn that job back. That's the way it goes. That's why it's tough, especially with rookies. This is the same situation that with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. It could have went exactly that way for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire very easily. But if he would have got hurt and then Daryl Williams came in and did the job, they wouldn't go back to Edwards-Hilaire. That's the way these things go. So for that, that's a change, a notable one for this week. Um, other changes uh, across the National Football League in terms of starters and backups are concerned. Trenton Cannon being the handcuff or a.k.a. backup to Mike Davis while Christian McCaffrey's out, that's one. Uh, Miles Gaskin, obviously the official starter in Miami with Breida being the, the handcuff, which is crazy to me. And um, Jordan Howard doesn't even exist. He's just a goal line only back. Doesn't even exist. So it's really, if you're in a PPR format, I don't even know if it's worth rostering Jordan Howard because it's not. He's going to get three carries, three to five carries a game. That's not enough. That's not enough to feed the Bulldog. Um, Zach Moss retains the starting spot in Buffalo, but he is in pink because he is injured. He will be back, though, this week practicing. Should be good to go for week number four, Zach Moss, in a pretty decent matchup against the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, other ones, that's a, I think that's really it. I know Ronald Jones and Fournette split in Tampa Bay. Fournette's still the starter there, so don't freak out about that one. Um, you know, James White back to third down back because he'll be back this week for the New England Patriots. That's an easy one as well so uh that's pretty much it Darrington Evans that's a good one he is once again healthy and ready to back up Derrick Henry when the Titans resume play in week number five so Darrington Evans great zone runner like him a lot but make sure um you you have that that's a good situation to handcuff because it's a valuable piece of real estate we have the Tennessee Titans as the fourth best running game in the National Football League, or in fantasy football, I should say. And that's a valuable piece of property should Derrick Henry go down. That's something you'd spend all of your fab budget on. So be careful with that one. Um, what else do we got here today? Oh, some matchups for week number four. want to talk to you about those. Um, the best offensive versus defensive line matchups. Remember, these are exclusively found in my cash game article, on EliteFantasy.com every Friday, hosted for daily fantasy purposes. But this is information. My cash game breakdown over at EliteFantasy.com gives you a ton of data. For all those, I have pro football focus data, football outsiders data. I've got all stats that you need for every, every position has a data table of the most important and relevant stats that you need to make your decisions. So. It's a DFS article, but realistically, that one article could be an entire it, it, 
it could be a whole website in and of itself for one article. That's the kind of information. And I've expanded it over the years because now I have my cornerback wide receiver matchups in there where I go my own rating system. Don't use anybody else's, just pure raw data where, you know, amount of separation created. Um, we do factor in the, the production. I can't say I ignore that, but I don't, it's not all production based. Just because one cornerback gave up a touchdown last week doesn't mean, oh, now he's moving up. It's about how much separation is constantly awarded, zone versus man coverage, how they perform in each, um, and then the distance that their zones and man's cover, which is really it's next-gen data where you find out what the actual coverage radius, radius is of these corners. Can they actually cover a long amount or can't they? And when you get a situation where a real shitty cornerback that can't cover much ground and the quarterback will go at them or they got a decent uh, receiver to target against, it's, this is where the magic happens in DFS. It's not about automating wide receiver versus cornerback matchups. Wide receiver versus cornerback matchups are 2010 data. That, that's, that stuff's not that useful anymore. Because there's so many different coverage schemes. You don't get one-on-one. It's not like these guys are like it's the playground. We're lining up and a corner is just sitting there uh, ahead of, you know, uh, whoever, fucking Golden Tate or somebody, right? They play zone coverage. And what happens on a slant route, you cross multiple zones. So, (laughs) you know, that's what it, it comes into. You know, that's what it comes down to. It's... It's not as simple as that. It used to be great just to go wide receiver cornerback matchups and you'd be, it gives you a loose interpretation of what the matchups are, but you really want to attack the worst corners in the league. That's what you want to do. And the worst cornerbacks in the league, uh, I will give you guys the top, I'll give you the top eight. How about that? Uh, on my list. Cause uh, I have the top 15 listed in my article. Holton Hill of the Vikings, he faces Will Fuller of the Texans this week. That's a tremendous matchup. Now, Fuller just came down today with a hamstring injury. I don't know what's wrong with that freaking guy. That guy has more problems than anything. He's like Sam, Sam Jackson and Unbreakable. Like, it's unbelievable. Just constantly, constantly hurt. It's, it's mind-boggling to me, but uh, there you go. Um, He's got the best matchup of anybody. Vernon Hargreaves for the Texans. He's got Justin Jefferson this week. Jordan Lewis, the Cowboys. He draws Jarvis Landry. Tremendous matchup there. Amani Uowari for the Detroit Lions. He's the fourth worst cornerback in the National Football League. He would get Michael Thomas if Thomas suits up. Thomas is back at practice. I don't think he plays, though. I don't think he plays in this ball game against the Detroit Lions. So if he doesn't, it'll be Traquan Smith lining up opposite you or Yore. Dante Jackson's the fifth worst corner. He draws Christian Kirk if he plays, but it doesn't look like he's going to. It'll most likely be Andy Isabella of the Cardinals facing off against Dante Jackson. Noah Igbignani, the rookie for the Miami Dolphins, he gets DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf's going to eat his lunch against Igbignani. Good Lord. Uh, Isaac Yadam for the New York Giants. He gets Josh Reynolds in coverage. He is the seventh worst corner. And you go Amandi from the Amadi. I should say, no, there's no N, Amadi. 
for the Seahawks. He got he's the guy that got torched by Cedric Wilson last week. That's how bad he is. Well, Amadi goes against Isaiah Ford of the Dolphins. There's a lot of other bad cornerback matchups up there. It's all in the article, Cash Game Breakdown, over at EliteFantasy.com. We do have a discount, by the way. We lowered prices, and if you go and type in Radio 20, all right there for you, Radio 20 will give you a 20% discount on any of that. So go there and check it out. If you're already a subscriber to Elite Fantasy or, and or Fantasy Guru and you want to try out Elite Sports Betting, or maybe your elite sports betting sub and and fantasy guru. If you want all three, we have ultra super low discounts available for you to get all three, but you have to email our support support at elitefantasy.com, And they will hook you up with a pretty unbelievable deal to, uh, to be part of all three parts of the elite mafia, the best offensive line matchups this weekend, the Indianapolis Colts for Chicago bears, numero uno, on that board, the L.A. Rams versus the New York Giants is second. Minnesota Vikings versus the Texans, third. I'm really intrigued by the Texans-Vikings game. That is his ability to be a, a pretty high-scoring game. It's got a 54 total. I love the Houston side of this, obviously, but don't discount Dalvin Cook. Houston can't stop the run whatsoever. I talked about Justin Jefferson's matchup with uh, Vernon Hargreaves. You know, Adam Thielen's in play here as well because of the soft coverage in Houston. Just one of those games that really could be super competitive because the teams are kind of fledgling, even though I think the Texans are way better than the Vikings. But I think both teams will score in this environment. I think it'll be good for both. So that's what we're looking at there. The Browns versus the Cowboys offensive line. The Browns zone blocking runs outside zone runs are really going to give a problem to the Cowboys defensive line. You got pass rushers on the defense line. Don't have run stoppers on that defense line. You don't have athletic run stoppers whatsoever. So they're going to be chasing these running backs around and with the cutback lanes wide open, it could be a big, big game for Nick Chubb. Uh, I feel that way every single week, but this one in particular, even better. Uh, what else do we got? So those are the best matchups. I got a couple more in the article this week over there at elitefantasy.com. Also, uh, my DFS people, as we're looking ahead to week four, you know, I want you to read that cash game breakdown. Um, I told you Houston, Minnesota, I want to be very involved in. If we're talking about the running backs this week and trying to find a running back that is you know, out there, but rather cheap or, or, or not as expensive. You know, there's finding value this week is, is a real problem. You know, it's a real problem across the board, but there's a couple of guys and obviously David Johnson is really cheap and I like him, but other players here include Mike Davis, whose price just has not gone up. It's not the best of matchups for Carolina against Arizona, but he's going to catch so many passes, it won't even matter. So really like that. And, of course, I like Daryl Henderson, the Rams against the Giants. Daryl Henderson's only uh, – he's at 1.75x. That's a points, 1.75 multiplier on superdraft.io this weekend. That is crazy. His price tag on FanDuel 6,400, 5,800 on Definitely a guy that we're going to be looking at cash and GPP purposes 
this week. Um, what else do we want to get to today? Oh, we've got to give you my bets for the week. Survivor pick. My survivor team of the week will be Chalky McChalkenstein. No, not the Baltimore Ravens. No, it won't be. It's going to be the LA Rams. Rams against the Giants. The Giants are so bad. I was wrong on them. I, the offensive line I thought was going to play much better. It's the worst offensive line in football, and it's not even remotely close by every metric you look at. My own metrics, win rate according to ESPN, DVOA according to Football Outsiders, PFF rating system, they are the worst by a landslide. It's unbelievable, and I'm so surprised. They have good personnel, and they're just playing poorly. And now with no Saquon Barkley, no Sterling Shepard, it's a tire fire. The Giants defense, I thought, hung in there pretty well against the 49ers. It gave up a lot of points ultimately, but only because the offense kept putting them in a short field. And I just don't see any way that the Rams lose this game. There's absolutely no chance. As a matter of fact, if you're a betting person, which I, of course, am, I love the fact that the Rams are getting 12 and a half points or given 12 and a half points. I think that's fine. They're going to win by two touchdowns. Easy two touchdowns. Easy. So I'm not, that's not one of my bets, though for the week, but I wouldn't mind making that bet. The Rams are our survivor team. If we are making a bet, the, all my bets are posted over there, EliteSportsBetting.com. I can't give away the farm here, folks. Still got to eat, you know. And uh, the, the, the bet that I like the most this week is really the Colts minus two and a half against the Chicago Bears. Road favorites, absolutely not something we like to invest in full-time. Not something we absolutely like, you know, uh, want to be betting on, an, on the norm. But at the same time, the, uh, the quarterback change won't help the Bears. The Colts defense is going to shut down the Bears offense. The Bears offense as it is, Atlanta and Detroit made them look good and look good about both with Trubisky in week one, the Lions did, and then Foles in week three like the Falcons did. But this defense isn't going to play that kind of ball game. These are real pass rushers that can stop the run inside with the force Buckner, get after Nick Foles, and shut down this offense. And meanwhile, the real benefits, you can run on the Bears. They're going to be able to do that. I anticipate a, a bigger workload for Naheem Hines this week, as a matter of fact. And Jonathan Taylor will be plenty involved. And then they're going to pepper the ball to uh, Zach Pascal in the slot against Buster Screen all up and down. Bears corners have played very poorly. So there'll be plays to be made here as well. All right. So uh, there you go. That's that's my team. It's only two and a half points. I, I think they win this by field goal plus easy. I love the fact that we didn't even have to give up the full field goal, which is absolutely outstanding. Um, upset of the week, everybody. We've got the, you know, I don't love a lot of the upsets, but I'm, I'll call the one that you know is in my heart. Cleveland Browns beat the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys are four and a half point favorites at home. I think this game is lesser scoring than we think. Like the 56 point total, I think it goes under that. But I just think Cleveland has a real opportunity to win this game. The Dallas defense isn't, Ain't shit, man. You could throw against the Cowboys. You can run against the Cowboys. 
and Cleveland can do both. I think they're starting to get a little swag with the running game. I think this play-action game is going to work very, very well for them against the Cowboys as well. And ultimately, uh, we've seen what uh, we've seen what Joe Woods can do schematically when he was with San Francisco, shutting down the Dallas Cowboys passing game. I think that he can slow them at least down right now without those offensive linemen in for Dallas. That's a tough road, man. It's a real tough road. And uh, I think the Cleveland Browns will, will upset the Dallas Cowboys. So that's my upset of the week there as well. Do want to report one thing that happened uh, as I've been on air for the last, however long, how long has it been? About an hour. Uh, Alan Lazard had core muscle surgery and is out indefinitely. That via Adam Schefter just moments ago. So, like, that came out of kind of nowhere. And uh, so Lazard's out. So don't go by him on the low. Everything I said at the start of the show is now moot as it pertains to Alan Lazard. So uh, there you go. That bumps up Marquez Valdez-Scantling, though, quite a bit. Whether if Devontae Adams is back on Monday, he will obviously eat against Atlanta. But even the second guy will eat, and that's going to be Mar- Marquez Valdez-Scantling. So get him right now. Go out to the waiver wire immediately and get MVS. You will not be disappointed. All right, folks, that is our number two of uh, the Thursday show. We call it One Man's Opinions, the podcast that's sweeping the nation. Folks, uh, check us out, fantasyguru.com, elitefantasy.com, elite sports betting, me at Jeff underscore Mans, the Jeff Mans and other social media outlets. I will uh, be back next week to discuss. I actually have a pretty special show planned for you with a very special guest, um, somebody I've been meaning to reach out to. We're going to have a rich guy on next week to talk about the daily fantasy sports industry and talk about – no, you don't know him. None of you know him. No, not even you DFS players. None of you guys know who my guest next week's going to be. I'll give you this one hint. I will drop one hint for you. The Big Wang. (laughs) That's right. You have to wait till next Thursday to find out. Folks, that'll do it for episode 33. Appreciate you guys downloading, tuning in. Please tell a friend. The quicker we spread the word here, the more episodes we could start producing per week. We really do appreciate you. Remember, if you may disagree, that's okay. Because one man's opinion. We'll see you next time. Peace out.